This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Right, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And I strongly suspect this won't be the last podcast that we do this week. Uh, Tuesday tea time. It's uh, myself, Dave Prentice, with Tony Scott and Gavin Buckland. And uh, we're looking back on uh, the final match of the season and the state of play at this precise moment in time with Everton Football Club, which is that it's being widely reported that Sam Allardyce is expected to be relieved of his duties as Everton manager and uh, the favourite in most people's eyes is Marco Silva but at present there is absolutely no confirmation of either of those uh, things actually happening and uh, if truth be known we're not really expecting any confirmation in the near future um, that's you know in the next like six or seven hours yeah. beyond that who knows um, I suppose it's frustrating really isn't it I think we just want something decisive to happen now don't we you know some kind of uh, clarification from somebody at boardroom level but we, we've been asking for this clarity haven't we for since obviously the fans have turned on some other like, since results started turning sour performances obviously likewise all fans are asking for is some kind of communication yeah. from, from Everton whether it be from a chief executive the owner the chairman the major shareholder I don't know, but Evertonians are left in the wilderness, so to speak. They need to know what's happening with their football club. There's so many questions. I texted you tonight the other day, and there was about 12, 14 questions you could actually throw at this board, which which need answering. Meaningful questions that fans want answers for. What the chief executive situation, the manager situation, the shareholder, the, the player situation, what is going on at Everton Football Club? There's so many questions and not enough answers coming uh, from them. I think the reason that there hasn't been a statement is because there are so many uh, things that need clarifying. I mean, the chief executive, we can safely say, is leaving the football club. Yeah. Although, you know, a positive statement to that effect would be quite useful, wouldn't it? Um, obviously, his position then needs to be filled, needs to be replaced. Um, we do understand that um, John Woods is selling his shareholding to Farhad Mashiri and stepping down from the board. Mm. That therefore leaves a vacancy for a deputy chairman, which also needs you know, sort of filling yeah. pretty soon. We suspect from someone that's currently already on the board. So, you know, Farhad Mashiri very rarely makes public statements, so that doesn't leave anybody you know, to, you know, actually making those yeah, statements. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Business-wise, there's a lot of like, views you've got to adhere to before yeah. you make statements, mm. so you can't just go off on one, can you? And then, uh, with regards to the manager and his position, it's always been my belief that actually there's no point actually making an announcement about Saladay until you've got a replacement actually signed up. Right. Because we didn't want to, we didn't want the position we had in November with with yeah. McCumin. So I was always comfortable that the manager's position should not be really um, made public with regards to, to his future until we've got you know somebody in the room who's got to sign as his replacement. Um, didn't want to like sort of end a position where you had like Mick McCarthy for twelve months or yeah. something like that. With all due respect to Mick. So that was the, the management position. I'm quite comfortable with that. And the, the other questions then fall out of like some of the stuff that they've fallen saying there is they need to get that 
he's selling what and who's buying what sorted first. What does that give to the World Cup coming soon? If this needs sorting well, straight away, the, man, the manager's position does. So the wider shareholding questions, and I'm not not saying about, but but that uh, leads up to everything that's going to happen in the summer in regards to transfers. Like the, Wayne Rooney need that, that needs sorting straight away. The new manager needs sorting for all the plays he's going to bring in before actually World Cups even kicked. Well, I could quite it could well be telling that we're told that uh, Wayne Rooney's representatives are meeting Farhad Mashiri tomorrow, um, you know, to discuss his situation. Yeah. Now, you'd imagine that the managerial situation will have to be sorted one way or the other before then. As we just said, you know, so how can you talk about his future if we don't know who the manager is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other one we've not mentioned there is the two key ones for me are the manager and the director of football. Yeah. We've not discussed the director yeah. of football, but if there is to be a change or whatever. So and then the manager's going to bring his coaching staff in as so, well. So they're, they're the two key ones for me. Um, ideally, what I'd like is the director of football before the manager but I think at the moment because of the stuff you're talking mm. about there so I think they make the ones to there's, there's also an, an yeah. issue of common decency you know you've got a yeah. man here who's okay he's very very well paid and uh, he's not exactly endeared himself to Everton supporters but he's done the job to the best of his ability and he's got the club into a fairly you know solid position in the uh, in the table and he's being hung out there he's being like left to walk on death row and I remember this happened to Howard Kendall way back in 1998 yeah. and Evertonians going ballistic at Peter Johnson for treating you know a genuine club legend in such yeah. a fashion everybody suspected and knew he was going to lose his job uh, but he wasn't told for some considerable time and it wasn't a very good way to treat you know, an individual who's like done a good job for Everton Football Club. You could argue the same as Sam Allardyce. You know, how can you treat the man like that? Just leave him there. You know, s- suspecting he's going to get the sack without actually saying I, anything to I'm him. I'm convinced he knows. I, it's, I've seen the he, interviews he, he yesterday guesses. on Sky, and he, he's more or less certain. And from what reading between the lines, there was a few stories coming up between the, the backroom staff as well, and they knew on leading up to the West Ham game as well there was rumours that they were saying listen we know it's our last game so I'm convinced when you looked yeah. at that Sky Sports News interview as well he knew quite well he didn't. He couldn't answer anything he was very very spiky I was at West Ham on Sunday and he was very very spiky in the post-match press conference and to be honest it was interesting how he and how David Moyes conducted themselves now yeah. our eyes you know I'm, I'm a David Moyes fan hold me hand up with that one yes. but he spoke very dignified fashion he was very calm he was very Precise. Uh, he spoke very, very well. He was given a bit of a, a loaded question about uh, was he surprised that you know the Everton fans hadn't taken to Sam Allardyce, and he turned that on his head into a positive about how wonderful the Everton supporters were to him uh, at the time that he was there. Um, then finished it by saying, "Well, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised, but you know he, he handled the question very, very well." And then Sam Allardyce came in and was just like snapping and biting everybody. Yeah. Clearly, a man who's like, under a little bit of pressure yeah. and feeling it. Did, did, how much do you think? And we don't want to talk about like maybe the past day. How much do you think any decision to replace Allardyce is due to his unpopularity with supporters rather than results and playing style on the pitch? I know the two things are interlinked. Yeah. How, how much do it's you both, think it's, isn't it? Yeah, okay, but... Significantly. Uh, I would go 80%. Uh, it's down to supporter unrest. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it before on these pods, Gav, that, you know, supporter power is a huge thing nowadays. And it is, and it's growing. Um, and that is why... Uh, he's losing his job or we think he's going to lose his job because you know the fans just haven't can you get away with actually the fans not liking you and getting away with managing the football club I don't know Rafa did at uh, Chelsea didn't he he actually won them a Europa League but he was only there a season uh, and you know they they, they couldn't bear him Um, it it doesn't happen very often nowadays yeah Um, you know it was a different era I suppose 
you know, yeah. back in the days when you know Billy Bingham was. Uh... Yeah, when he like yeah, well Howard wasn't eighty three four. It's a bit hackneyed, but I mean, I suppose the one, the one who's probably closest to that in the Premier League, thinking about it, it's probably Mourinho, isn't yeah. it? But yeah. he's winning trophies, isn't he? Well, yeah, but in terms of that, but I know. Uh, Compared to Mourinho and Sam here. Good luck with that one, yeah. Yeah, but in, in some respects, they are similar, like, aren't they? In what uh, way is that? Arch pragmatists. Arch, arch, yeah. Yeah, I'll be yeah. one with significantly better players than the other, you know. Yeah. Though, but, but you know what I mean? It is right. And I, I think I get uncomfortable with that. With what? With, with the fact that supporters have. Well, like so the, the mob mentality. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're, they're paying they're, the way, though. They're entitled to, like, the manager. Yeah, they're entitled to voice their opinion, club. but whether they're entitled to. To get a manager, you know, it's their club. If they don't, if they don't go, the, the club goes, doesn't it? Is it democracy or is it anarchy? Yeah, you know, that's it's, it's, it's just, it's just yeah. that, um, it's just something I'm, you know. I, I, listen, I, I fully support anybody entitled to, you know, where their views. Contractually obliged to say that, but I, I, I get it's slightly, it, it's like I said to Panel before we came in, and I'm not defending Sam here. It is. Over the last two years at Evan, the one person in the club who's done the job that they were supposed to do when they were appointed is Sam. And he's the first person somebody want people went out the door. Yeah. And I, I get like I, 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 though, though I appreciate their views, and what I'm saying is that I, it makes me feel slightly uncomfortable that. But it also goes to show when I'm talking about successes, there's a hell of a lot of people who've not done their job properly. Oh, yeah, I get and that. The, su- yeah. the successor has to. Well, it's what a manager's job description is, I think. Yeah. Is he there purely and simply to get results, you know, to you know, grind out wins and keep, you know, Everson safe? Or is it to entertain people? And I think it's got to be both. And Allardyce himself said that at the time, you know, so my success will be gauged by results and being you know, how we play football. Mm-hmm. And he's achieved one, but he hasn't achieved the other. Like you can guarantee if Marco Silva comes in on his job description, it'll be, we want to advance some football and break the top six. We yeah. want that next season. We want it. That'll be in his job description. And the year after, we want top four playing decent football. Yeah. And that's what it'll be. That's why. Well, you judge that on the type of coach you have, Johnny, really. You know, yeah. you would expect that to be deflected in the appointment, wouldn't you? You're not mm. going to, you know, you're not, you, you don't, that's, the, that's the nature of the person you want. That's the why the likes of Silver, you know, would link with the job. It's just, you know, I just get slightly unnerved and it's an increasingly uh, apparent issue. I was, I was just thinking about like, there's stuff got like Dan Mice said about about the stadium, didn't he? At the yeah. weekend about like supporters all of a sudden, and uh, they've a right to feel angry at the moment, Evan. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, look, and I'm sorry, Gavin. I, I'm I'm speaking this on record from my generation of supporters. You've seen Everton win the lot, and, I, I, no, and I'm starved. And, and the, what you've got, lads, of a sick and tired of being brought up on relegation dogfights. The only yeah, season I've known on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been not for 20, 20 years, is it? The relegation dogfights. Yeah, Walter Smith days, like Mike Walker days. Yeah, I could go on ago. and go on. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that's what we've been brought up on. This team hasn't, this club hasn't won a trophy for 20 odd years. They haven't won a derby for the best part of, what, 10 years or something now. So this generation of football fans have a right to be angry. Oh, and what I'm trying to say is that they've seen all their rivals win everything in sight since. So this is why they're so angry and the point that they're angry at all these in particular yeah people. but it's that what I'm saying is, is and I appreciate the social media age is is, that, uh, is it right then that people take decisions based on that anger in response to it or because surely somebody has to do something like that 
who's leading the club has to th- do what's best for the club, not necessarily to, to assuage the concerns of 50,000 Everton fans. Well, that, it, it ties in with both those. Surely that what's best for the football club is to get rid of Sam Allardyce, who's playing tower football, and to get someone who's playing advancing football. Yeah, I'm just I'm just talking as a concept here. I'm not talking about like the managers, just generally. Is, is, is the thing now, generally speaking, now if you're running a football club, you do what your supporters tell you to do? Because that, that's not necessarily the right thing for the football club, is it? But do you think Farhad Mashiri does whatever the fans want? Well, I don't think he did when he brought in Sam Allardyce. You know? yeah. So I think that was an unpopular appointment at the time. Yeah. Uh, and it just well, it was proven you know, so in the end. No, it's, 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 it's a tough one to balance up. You know, I totally get the point, Gavin, yeah, that sometimes club owners have to take a sense of responsibility, not popularity. Uh, and do what they believe is best for the football club. But I think the situation that we're in at the moment is there's clearly such a massive disconnect uh, between the fans that you know it, it, it's damaging for the I'm football not, club. Not, to not, not, not generally speaking there about Allardyce and ju- yeah. I'm talking generally about football. Like we've got to think at the one about staging and passing and things like that. Yeah. People putting their two pennies worth yeah. in and like you know fully entitled to do so and things like that. But somebody somewhere within the club has got to decide that this is the stage capacity that the club. Yeah. can afford and think that's viable which we're not going to build a stadium they shouldn't build a stadium just to just to meet the dreams and desires of like your your generation mm. of fans what you're saying so well, I think they and, will and, yeah, from what we're hearing yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that will be the case you know what I mean and, and there's, and there's a, I think there'll be lots more of this in football going forward and as social media becomes even more dominant where like we just have to be careful here yeah. that actually you know Clubs don't necessarily have to all the time. It's, right, it's an interesting make, one. You know, make decisions just to meet the demands. Of I, I'm not so sure. You know, obviously, social media does fuel it to a certain degree. But I remember going back a reasonable amount of time now when there was a march, you know, towards Goodison Park mm. on the opening day of a season uh, with birthday cakes uh, to commemorate how long it been since Everton, you know, yeah. won a trophy. And it was directed towards Bill Kenwright, and, you know, the, the fans wanted him out of the football club. And that was. If I'm remembering correctly, pre-social media age, it was actually you know sort of, 2011. Yeah, it was sorted yeah, out yeah, by yeah, fans, yeah. you know, so sort of amongst themselves. Yeah. So it was a significant protest, you know, so sort of against the ownership of the football club. Pre-social media, uh, there was a planned protest at the last home game. We were told, you know, that the fans mm-hmm. on the 18th minute were going to turn their backs, and on the 70th mm-hmm. minute were going to leave the uh, the stadium, fueled by social media. That never happened. Uh, so while social media does have a part to play in spreading the word. I still think it's not totally uh, you know, no, to blame. But, you know, it still needs to be a sufficient groundswell of belief in one yeah, particular yeah, idea and, and, for something to happen. Sam, I think Sam made that point, didn't he? But in a, in a general 13 thing. people on Facebook. But it is right, and you know, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't necessarily say that social media represents the wider evidence-supporting uh, group. But just generally, people can voice their anger in different ways. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something slightly uncomfortable, I, I think, generally speaking. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. I, just, I think you're right, Tao, is that the next manager, whoever it is, has to be, you know, play progressive football. I, do you know what What concerns me, and I spoke about this a few times, is that with this new manager coming in, obviously, we're obviously expecting some holidays to go. What's going to have to happen? It's just going to have to be a four, five year contract. And it's got to be this is this is the plan this is the way we are going to play football these are the players we're going to identify and that's it and if we go on a five six game losing streak so we can't we can't yeah. now, do you know what you know what's a case in yeah. point Dave my niece right little Evertonian right got all the Everton kits she turns two next week 
Now, since that time she's been born, if Silver gets the manager job, five Everton managers she's seen, and she yeah. doesn't, as as in reach two yet. Well, I was, was going to make, make exactly that point again, which is fueled by what David Moyes said. Um, after the game on Sunday when he was asked about the Everson fans and he said they were massively supportive of me especially in the early days now if you think of the early days David Moyes had a big impact initially finished seventh in his first full season but then had a really poor second season yeah. and you know Everson got safe by Easter and then mm. you know, flip-flops came on lost six of the last seven games had that abysmal five-run defeat away at uh, Man City on the I'm final day but you know that was a time yeah. where you know any Sorry, any club chairman, any club owner could have panicked and thought, oh, it's not working, mm. you know, and got shut down. As it was, they finished fourth the following season, then had another dip the season after that. So, you know, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. I think whoever Everson bring in, should they bring in a new manager this week, I think there has got to be, like you just say, a longer term, you know, project this time mm. they've got to be strong they've got to be patient and allow the manager if he makes mistakes if it is Marco Silva who's you know still a relatively inexperienced manager you know to, to learn along the way yeah. because you, you can't just become a knee-jerk football club without becoming Aston Villa or you yeah. know a club that ends up you know suffering relegation but, and not but, getting yeah, back that's my point really about support demands because guaranteed if we get to like sort of the end of September October and we've like played 10 1 2 drop What's yeah. That's been it'll be interesting, last it'll year. Be interesting to see what the yeah. supporters are saying. Fully understandable. Um, but I do I do agree. Um this this next appointment is I wouldn't say we're in the last chance saloon, but very much nearer army in terms of like you know, that we we're seeing now army more and more demands of the top six to get even bigger share mm. of T V money and that gap mm. growing. So I, I and and the way you know, Wenger was talking about European leagues, wasn't he, last week and all that. This maybe is our last opportunity to become part of that top group mm. in English football. That if we don't get this right, then there's a danger we'll be cut adrift. You know, for for, for the immediate future. So yeah, I've, I've heard that argument said so yeah. many times. Going back to the days of Michael Dunford, who said that you know, if a former Everton club secretary said, if you know, if we don't make that top four now, we never will. And I'm not so sure about that. You know, things can change very dramatically, very oh, yeah, quickly. That's happened yeah. with Manchester City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arsenal have yeah. gone the other way, so. haven't they? And, and I get that. But, in, yeah, and maybe it's a bit, a bit negative. But to me, we are a little bit like what Liverpool were when they appointed Klopp. Yeah, they, yeah. They had the danger of getting cut, mm. cut to drift, weren't they? And I we, think, we've got changes with the stadium and all that going on. And I just think, for me, this is just such a... Massive appointments in line with like changing the director mm. of football and all this. But have you ever um, known? Sorry, obviously you've watched Everton longer than me. Have you ever known in your lifetime so much change to be happening at the top of this football club in the space of one summer? But I think clubs are far more inherently more complex than what they were even fifteen years ago in terms. Yeah, of like I mean, and off them so years ago there was like you know the the, the board and the manager and that was it. The, the it? most yeah. comparative thing I could say was. When the Moores family sold up in 1994, and then there was a battle between Peter Johnson and Bill Kenwright to win the club, which Peter Johnson won, that that was the most seismic change yeah, I can remember. Yeah. And initially, you know, people were very, very positive about Johnson. He made lots of positive changes, you know, building the megastore, breaking transfer records for you know Konchelskis, Nick Barnby, and so on. As well. Unfortunately, yeah. he didn't have that money to spend on <laughs> yeah. players, and the club was in danger of going bust in the end. Built the park end. People can argue whether that was not the right thing to do, given you want a lot of people wanted a two-tiered stand rather than you know the yeah. single-tier stand that was there. But that that was pretty seismic. But no, I mean that was 25 years ago. So 
it is momentous, you know, so what's happening at the Just on a different moments. issue as well, I'd like to point out that a lot of Evertonians are saying this as well. There's been a lot of national media, especially Sky Sports and Jim White in particular, yeah, yeah. who's basically, he, he was bigging up Sam Allardyce for what, he, what a great job he's done and all this. And what's annoyed me more than anything is that, oh, well, what a great job he's done. You should be, you should be glad that you've got him and all this. Now, if Everton should be so glad that they've got Sam Allardyce, why is he linked with the Chelsea job? Why are you linked with the Arsenal job? Why aren't these merchants no. linking these fellas with this these big jobs? Because that's his limit. I wouldn't worry about that in the slightest. I mean, I'm funny enough, I'm writing a piece at the moment, second-guessing what's going to happen with the Everton managerial situation, mm-hmm. just saying why Everton fans have got such an issue with Sam Allardyce and taking to task a lot of these national pundits. To me, I didn't see the other show on Sky last night, but I believe Jim White's fawning over Sam Allardyce. Which oh, was, yeah. was quite embarrassing. Was. But to me, that's just a journalist protecting a contact. He just wants to protect Sam Allardyce so we can use him on shows elsewhere down the line. I don't think it's because he's got any great love of Everton Football Club or you know any long term. Maybe because he's lost his little, his little contact with the far yeah, No, I, I, th- I think he's just there to protect you know, Sam Allardyce as a contact so that wherever he turns up at his next job, you know, he can get him on his show. But it's not just Jim White. Glenn Oddle was doing it the other day. What do Everton fans want? Because they're not in touch with what's going on at Everton Football Club. They only see them like once every two or three months. Yeah. And so they're not. And used it, to... It's annoying. Oh, it's yeah. annoying yeah. We're still the fourth most successful club in this country even though we haven't won a trophy for the best part of 20 odd years but the the second part of that sentence is far more important exactly of course but you you don't realise this and you've got the likes of Granado saying Sam's done a great job there why don't you keep him well why don't you have him for Tottenham but that's what the perception of us is though isn't it so this is a club that's not won anything for 21 years that has been by and large but what's Tottenham won 20 years yeah but there's a couple there's a couple of things going on with Spurs, isn't it? It's where they are now, isn't it? That's important. No, what they won in 20 years. Yeah, but that's not the point. It's where Spurs are now, isn't it? And where we are, at least they're play, like top It was four only a couple of years ago they were finishing below us. Yeah, yeah. On a consistent yeah, basis fair as well. Point. There's a bit of a London factor there, which won't go into it. You can't say that anymore now. <laughs> but, like, you know, but it's where you are now, isn't it? And Spurs are in a, you know, Pochettino's the media's darling, isn't he, as well, which helps, doesn't it, really? Um, but people just see. Goes back to perception, doesn't it? People just see us as like, but you know, goes back to what Sam was saying. Remember about yeah. like we're like Newcastle, West Ham, and whatever the other week. People just see us part of that sort of group of clubs, don't they? Rightly or wrongly. Did you see that tweet that was doing the rounds this morning, which is quite alarming. That as a result of Tranmere Rovers getting promotion at the weekend, they were the last remaining club that had not either won a trophy or achieved a promotion in uh, the last twenty-seven years. The club now that has taken that mantle is Everton. Yeah. And if you think about it, there's nobody else apparently in the entire Football League, the five divisions of the Football League, that have either not celebrated a trophy or not celebrated a promotion in that time. And, you know, that, that underlines. Well, uh, I mean, that, that, it's not to make out of that because Everton could easily get relegated and come back up and know, know. that as a success. There, there is that, yeah. But, and I know still... what you're saying, but, but the, the, it's good that being st- stable, I suppose, in that yeah. time. But there's a wider point here, isn't it, about. You know, and a lot, a lot of people saying this now, isn't it? I know this is maybe for another day. Is the future of the Premier League, isn't it? There's a lot of supporters now actually who don't want to be like sort of also rounds in the yeah. Premier League. It was a hard actually drop, drop down to the Championship and at least win games rather than getting stuffed 12 times a season by yeah. the top six. And that's the important thing. But it's tied in with us and our supporters as well, isn't it? What Tony's saying. Mm. We don't want to be part of that group, do we? We, no, we, want to be, we, we don't want to be part of that group where in three years, four years' time, just moaning about this is just soul destroying this. Yeah. You know, being seventh to, to 20th every year yeah. with, with no way, you know, no, 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 you know, no chance of ever breaking into the top six. And 
that's that's good for stability wise is what we're saying is but actually going back to the theme of this what we talked about before that makes it vital for us to get all this right doesn't it on the next over this summer is to avoid that so say for argument's sake Sam Allardyce was to be relieved of his duties what do you think the first priority for Farhad Mashid will be after will it be to name the manager or the director of football how if you were him Dave what, what would you go along the lines of first the manager I think that's the most important thing at any football club but you know I know Gavin will argue it's the director of football, yeah. but it's it's a difficult one to balance up that because you know directors of football, if they're going to do the job with that title, yeah, clearly that is the most important thing. But I get the impression the Everton director of football isn't that; it's just effectively a glorified transfer scout. Yeah, you know the guy is going to identify talent for that manager. <laughs> I just think the manager is absolutely crucial, and it's why I'm so not wary of Marco Silva because you know he's a bright young thing that you know so mm. could turn out to be a great manager but I would have liked Everton to have been a little more ambitious um, you know Pochettino is being linked with Chelsea you know if he's unhappy at Tottenham why isn't you know Farhad Mishiri promising the absolute earth you know not just a, a huge mm. salary yeah. but as much as he wants transfer wise to bring in whatever players he wants because that's clearly what he's after at Tottenham that's his big gripe there Failing that, you know, we were told last summer that Diego Simeone, actually his people had contacted Everton to express interest in the project, okay, a phrase that we all hate. But, you know, at least that is an A-list you know, European mm. manager that is aware of Everton, that knows the club exists. You've got Carlo Ancelotti, who's uh, not got a club at the moment, who's a manager who's got an absolutely great track record. They are the level of managers I would like to see Everton you know, competing for. If Marco Silva is the manager that comes in, great, I'll give him every chance and I'll support him fully. But I just want to see absolute top-level managers who've yeah. won things already. The, the, the other one there, who'd be maybe a little bit more viable, is Benitez, isn't it? Well, well, I've made that argument. Oh, men, I'll walk out the room again yeah, if I have to. I made that argument yeah, you know, directly to Bill Kenwright on a couple of occasions that Rafa Benitez should be the man that he's targeting when he was making the decisions. Have you watched the football and, this season? And he's, uh, well, he reacted far worse than you did Tony <laughs> um, you know, he's, if that were possible he's, uh, he's absolutely not having it in the slightest yeah. That's, that will never happen yeah. you know, but even though I think he's a great manager and I think he would have done a decent job and when Roberto Martinez took over he would have taken the job at that time as well yeah. but I'm not so sure he would now who so. would you go for Gav if you were in for Had's hot seat at the moment you could name realistically your manager who would you go for don't say Benita that name's bad off this podcast I take on board some of Plano's points. I mean, somebody like Ancelotti, I'm not so certain about because he's not a builder of clubs, is no, he? Ancelotti, he's more like a manu- you know, maneuvers mm. the, the working parts, doesn't he? Uh, as, as a lot of clubs have seen, as we saw when we sat Kirkman, there's not a lot of options available yeah. to you, really. I mean, you know, I think, you know, I mean, that the, as we speak at the moment, like, say, Arteta looks as though he might be going to the yeah, he's, Arsenal, got, he's, he's, he's going to Arsenal, you know? yeah. Um, it is the ones that we've spoken about, isn't it, really? Which are Silva, Von Sacher. The other one which has fallen off the radar is Lucien Favre, isn't it? Uh, at Nice, there was a Munchen Gladbach who was mentioned at the time and we uh, got Koeman. Uh, and that was maybe a bad miss then. I'm always worried about managers yeah. that come in from different leagues. You know, just the Premier League is so mm. unique around Europe. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying about the types of names that you would... You, you would want. So if, it, if there was a short list of Silva, Fonseca, and maybe Eddie Howe. Well, I think you're funny off the top, yeah. Who would you go for? 
I'd go for Silver ahead of Fonseca. Because I'd go for Silver if only because I've been told that Fonseca isn't really in the thinking anymore. Uh, so Fonseca, or sorry, Silver or Howe. It's a tough one either way. I like Eddie Howe. I think you know he's he's done you know very good things at Bournemouth and he plays football the right way. And you know, given an opportunity with money to spend, who knows what he could achieve? Do you think what worries me with the way Silver play? I love the way he plays. He obviously he's helpful there. It goes at big yeah. teams, and that's probably what Everton haven't had for years. Going at these big teams away from home, yeah, we may get beat, but at least he's having a go. And that's all fans want to see. These want to go to Tottenham with six with ten men behind the ball and get beat five nil. You may just go and have a go, but I worry that. With all this change going on in the background, it's the players on the pitch and in the squad, how they can fit into the way Marco Silva want to play football. And I spoke about it last week, didn't I? I, I can think I count on one hand how many players out of 25 that we've got could play, pressing football, what Marco Silva wants, lads up and down the pitch. Yeah. I worry for the whole Everton team. And probably if you just ask a lot of Evertonians last season, with all these signs coming in, Koeman still there, everyone was so optimistic. I think this season it's a lot more cautious is the, is the word and it's a bit of a which, concern which, which, which could be helpful because the expectation level yeah. won't be as great as it was the previous summer yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one that too in that does that show you how unsuitable the, the first team squad has been built up then that there's no no players capable of doing that or very few as I mentioned manager. last week, it's a very old squad. Yeah. You know, it's uh, full of 27, 28, 29 year olds, quite a few 30 somethings as well. Um, unless you, you start blooding, you know, you, you like to have Adam Ola Luckman's, the players who've been out on loan, you've any Beningamese. Mm. I'm not sure, sure they're all ready for regular exposure to Premier League football yeah. just yet. Is this why do you think Marcel Brands is maybe coming in and getting all these young kids from around, around Europe because don't forget me wrong last yeah, year yeah. if I was Moshiri I'd be going I've spent the best part 25 on Klassen 30 on Keynes and it's all gone down the river I want to see the next best things I want to spend 10 million on a kid from Hollands and who's going to rip it up next season I want a bit of that well, you don't know they gambles aren't you and I'll be in it for buttons, the buttons though it doesn't matter though maybe there's a place for that but that needs to be balanced by yeah Klassen's and Sanzo's are gambles weren't they yeah, and it didn't work. Uh, exactly. But so that's what I mean is that we shouldn't be gambling. But I, th- I think, I just think that whoever comes in, regardless of what style of play they're playing, whether you want a more pragmatic, human type style or a, a, you know, a, a more positive silver or Fonseca style, has got a hell of a job to do. Purely because, as Prano says, there's, you know, we're talking being there for four or five years. How many of the current squad are going to be there for four or five years? Yeah. Just purely on their age for a start. And also the fact that, as you say, Tom, there's players who were on the, who were younger than that, who were in the squad, who were plainly maybe not good enough. Yeah. And so you put combine those two pots of players together. There ain't a lot to work with, is there? Really? You know, you're probably talking about three or four players, if that, to work with. And I think um, whoever comes in and whatever style of play that they got is going to have a massive rebuilding job, and there's going to be. You know, I would like to see a high turnover of players during the summer. I agree. I but, totally agree. But as you say, quite rightly, the World Cups there and it tends to be sometimes a little bit of a in the way. Yeah, in the way thing. So there's a whoever comes in has got a massive job. Preno, on the pitch this season, out of ten, how do you review Everton's season? In terms of what? In terms of results? Every, and uh, uh, the lot. If you had to give Everton a scoreline out of ten. 2017-18 season. It's, it's it's a tough one that because you know you look at an eighth place finish and you think eighth place you know is is reasonably 
you know, okay compared to the way they started the season. But no, four out of ten, I wouldn't go any higher than that. Looking at the uh, the fixtures throughout the course of the season, the only one that actually stands out and you know left you feeling the ground with a little bit of a spring in your step was the late win against Watford, mm. and even that was like you know absolutely traumatic. But it was so unlikely. The, the last minute missed penalty was like so, yeah. so wonderful. That, yeah, yeah, you know, you left feeling like a, a real sense of joy. Even the West Ham game, you didn't really feel that because we're under the cosh for a time. Yeah. In that, but, you know, Rooney's yeah. hat was great to watch. But no, Watford is probably the only game that you can say all season that you've really. Sunderland maybe in the Carabao Cup, you know, because Umar came out from the cold and scored his goal that night. Yeah. But, you know, we're yeah. clutching at straws, yeah. aren't we? Bournemouth is a similar one to Watford, yeah. isn't it? Really? Yeah. And if, you, know, if you can only pick two or three fixtures all season that you've actually left feeling good about you know, your, your mm. football club, that, that's a poor uh, season. I picked pick Leicester at home as well for Coleman's so, return. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought that we got the fans. Making yeah, it sound better than better. I just think yeah, you kind of got the club back, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. There, what so, what yeah. about Rosenbrock away? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I'd have 10, Gav. being generous with four there, I think. I, I, I'd say. Don't be swayed by his prompts. Make, <laughs> make your own mind. But me disagree with Tony. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would go slightly higher than Dave purely because of the eighth place finish. So I would go uh, not much higher. I'd go for five. Wow. Well, I think, I'm uh, going for three. Yeah. Okay. And, I'm, and I'm being that tough. Yeah. Uh, just on the sole basis of the optimism that surrounded Everton yeah, at yeah. the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I knew where we was watching Everton for the best part of 20 years. I know our capabilities. Everyone knew we were punching above our weight with David Moyes. We knew the teams that obviously Howard and kept us in, in the division, etc. So I knew where we stood with the teams I've watched. Yeah. Whereas in this team that Everton embraced last season, spent all that money, everyone thought, bang, they're going to be in the mix for top four. They're going to be. And for it to, yeah. to, to obviously to, to tail off the way it did, it was soul destroying in the end and it was embarrassing. So that's why I'm giving them a three out of ten. Fair shout. I remember Moises' first season. We finished seventh and not end the season. DVD was a the magnificent Magnus seventh. Sure. And we only finished yeah. one place yeah. below that, and it's like but a it, three it, on ten season. Yeah, I, 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 I get yeah. that. But you just knew where you was with the David Moyes team, where this team has just been. And the players have got away. By the way, I know we've had a lot of managers this season, but the players have got away with absolutely <laughs> yeah, made That's this an year. interesting phrase. A lot of managers this season. Exactly, yeah. Well, that was my point though about Allardyce. That okay, like or Lumpy. Um, Reference to gravy there, but uh, the, he's done. He's done. <laughs> he's, he's, he's done. He's done his job as that he was paid to do, and there's a hell of a lot of players there who've not done their job over the last two years. In fact, or maybe longer. But if they and, won't, they'd be out the door. If the and that's the type in. of thing. And they should have had. To me, Allardyce has taken far too much stick. The players should have got a lot more stick, as far as I'm concerned. I think six million in his bank will be. Uh, will cover yeah, 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 no, I'm fine, but I'm just. I'll take a lot of stick for six million if you put it in bank, huh? Yeah, I'm just saying that there's far too much focus on Allardyce for me. Not enough on the players who just haven't performed now, some of them under three or four managers. Yeah, I agree. Right, well, I was going to end by uh, just having a quick look back at the uh, the West Ham game on Sunday. But <laughs> yeah, of we won't because it, because it was dreadful. <laughs> I don't believe for a second that Adrian kept uh, Everton out and it was yeah. uh, an undeserved defeat because yeah. it wasn't. It was dreadful. Just, just briefly, um, David, the stadium, your first trip to the Olympic No, stadium. well, I've run around the Olympic Stadium. <laughs> uh, in 2012, I did the 5K outside the ground and did a lap of the... Uh, of the pitches, also I know what it's all about. Um, <laughs> ah, yeah. More than running after the Everton players, uh, by the looks of it. It was the first time I've been back there since it was a football stadium. 
and it's a beautiful, lovely stadium. Uh, the environment around it is wonderful. Uh, it's so cosmopolitan, so many restaurants, mm. so many drinking places. Uh, you know, it is a lovely, beautiful stadium, but it's not a football ground. Mm. Um, it's an athletic stadium that has just been repurposed. And the atmosphere was okay, you know, so I was expecting it to be a little bit more soulless than it actually was, but you're so far from the action, it's untrue. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I need gigs at the game these days anyway, but, yeah. you know, it was it was difficult to actually spot what was going on. And you can get the... Because I love the Berlin ground. Upton Park yeah, was yeah. a proper old-fashioned football stadium. So, yeah, it's modern, it's lovely, a little bit antiseptic, though. Uh, but Everton won't make that mistake, you yeah. know, from what we've I've heard. I've got to say, already, we've got to go the yeah, opposite of that, haven't we? No, they're not going to go down that road. But anyway, we're going to call it a day there, and uh, I confidently predict that we'll probably be back in the next day or so, <laughs> reflecting on... Something has happened, you know, it, it could be yeah. Sam Allardyce's staying. Uh, we suspect. <laughs> no, we you, won't suspect get, you won't get me back. <laughs> if I Tony said that, no, we'll have to get you back for that one. Yeah. So, we, sus- yeah. we suspect it won't be, but yeah. you know, whatever is announced, you know, so we'll be back here to discuss it. So join us again then. Till then, goodbye. Chance here for Everton to really seal it. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has done exactly that.